Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I'm your host here, Dallas Montague, and today we have another amazing guest calling with us today, Robin Parton. And Robin has an amazing testimony, and she's going to share about her newly released book, titled The Mirror of God's Word. And she has, it's such an amazing testimony that she's going to share with us today, how she found her identity and her hope in Jesus Christ and where she saw no hope in her life. She had no hope in her situation, but she found her hope and identity in Jesus. And I'm so excited to talk with her today because this is something that I think many of us can apply to our life. Many times when we need hope in our life, we need identity from Jesus. And so I just want to share with you guys a short message that came onto my heart preparing for this podcast today with Robin. And I couldn't help but reflect over my last year, 2021, we're experiencing our new year, 2022 here in just a few days. It's December 28th today. And I was looking over my past year and I saw many times when it was high, beautiful, exciting moments. My wife and I found out we were having a baby. We were able to become the youth and young adult pastors for a new church plant in our area. So many amazing things happened, but also we experienced many difficult times, many low times during this year that I could take, I think, more time and explain all the difficult things that happened, but we learned from all of those things, right? And I'm so excited to share about this little message that I have, the living hope in our life. And of course, it's Jesus. Jesus is our hope. It's a beautiful gift of God, hope. And God knew that our life would not be easy. We are going to experience difficulties, trials in our life time and time again. It's going to continue to happen. And none of us are immune from trouble. It's going to happen. It's going to come. And we face these challenges often, sometimes daily. And when our times are bad, it's hope that sustains us. It's hope that keeps us moving forward. In times of drought, we hope for rain. In the storm, we hope for sunshine. When we hear of an accident on the street, we hope for survivors. When we're sick, we hope to feel better soon. And when we're playing a difficult game, we hope to win, right? Hope is the power that helps us to endure. And it keeps us from giving up. It helps us to continue to try over and over again. And if I look back over my life of 2021, There were some times when I wanted to give up as a missionary in a foreign country, in a language I don't speak. There's many times when I wanted to quit, where I wanted to give up, but because Jesus is my living hope, and we'll talk about Robin's testimony today, and this is where she found her hope as well, at the foot of the cross with Jesus. It keeps us moving forward every single day. I believe that before Christ came into the world as a baby boy, we just experienced Christmas, right? He came into the earth. He was born I believe that the world was full of hopelessness. 
It was full of despair. It was full of darkness before Jesus came into the scene. And now that Jesus came and he was born, Matthew's gospel describes it. The people who sat in darkness saw a great light. That's Jesus. That's him coming into the picture. They were convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. They expected him to break all the chains of slavery and bring peace into the world. They felt that the day had come when the lion would lay with the lamb. But then the worst thing happened. Jesus did his testimony. He, did his, he walked out his ministry. And then he was being arrested in the garden. And he was being led to the cross to be sacrificed for our sins, right? What a dreadful moment for the disciples and for the people following Jesus. Because now this hope that they saw, he was going to die. And they were hoping for this one last miracle. Maybe a miracle will come and he will be taken off the cross and he will be set free and none of these things will happen. He won't die. But that didn't happen. Their hope was now dead. Their dreams were now gone. Now what? What did they do now? Everything was over. The testimony, the dream, the purpose was gone. And then three days later, we come to the resurrection of Jesus, where he is born again, where our living hope has come back. And he brought back this greater hope that we can live with every single day. Jesus had so many times in his ministry where he was doing miracles. He was talking with people, healing people, speaking about truth, speaking about life and kingdom that's coming. And now we get to experience it today, every single day of our life, no matter what we face, no matter what difficulties we see, no matter what darkness we have, his light is a lamp to our feet. Literally, if we read the word, if we have communication with God, we have a way out every single way, every single trial we face. He is truly our living hope. And so I'm excited to speak with Robin today. She has so much more to share about her book, The Mirror of God's Word. And before we call her on, I'm going to pray so we can get started here, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time today that we can bring Robin on. She can share about her, her life, her testimony, and that she can encourage our listeners today. Lord, we give you control of this podcast. I pray that every word we say will be intentional and that it will capture the hearts and the ears of our listeners today, Lord. We, we ask for you to be glorified, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for peace in your life? Do you question God about why He does or doesn't do things when we ask? We'll search and wonder no more. The Road to the Cross, a book of poems written by Susan Mao, follows her life in Christ with all the questions, the worries, trials, and triumphs. She questions God, waits to hear His answer, and then shares in her search for wisdom. The poems follow her growth in Christ with the first one 25 years, giving her testimony of the years she was blinded by lust for the things of this world. Find your copy of The Road to the Cross on Amazon today. Sometimes it's tough to imagine we're not being overlooked by God when we feel ordinary. Kids feel this deep concern too, and it can often affect their connection with God. That's where Kiana Shaw's newly released book, Why Is God Watching Over Little Old Me, comes in. Through this book, we meet Isla, a name that means devoted to God. Her story about struggling to understand the pace of society and the Lord's love for her will resonate deeply with you and your child while encouraging fostering a deeper bond with God. 
Find your copy of Why Is God Watching Over Little Old Me on Amazon today. Well, Robin, thank you for being here today. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I am enjoying our snow. (laughs) It's been so dry out here, so we desperately need the moisture and we got it. (laughs) How many inches of snow do you have right now? I don't have a lot. I really don't have a lot, but when you've been through, you know, we've been through multiple fires out here where mm-hmm. we have evacuated. And so we'll take every little bit that we get right just in a very severe drought. But mm-hmm. um, I love the snow. <laughs> well, I'm kind of the opposite side. I, I like the warm okay. weather <laughs> here on Christmas. <laughs> it was 100 degrees. So no. it's very hot. Yeah. No. Well, this is what I tell my friends who just love the warm weather is that God, it was God's idea to use snow as a picture of what he does with our sin. And honestly, everything is far more beautiful coated in a fresh coat. of Like I, I always think of that. It's just like, wow, God, um, you know, my dirty, yucky, ugly sins. And yet your word tells us that though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And I, I just find that that's a very beautiful picture. Mm. So it helps. When you it put helps. it like that, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take away the cold weather. You, you put it like that. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Robin, thank you so much for being here with us today with our audience. And we're going to talk about your book, The Mirror of God's Word. And before we do this, I always like to give our audience time to share their testimony. And if you can just go ahead and share a little bit about yourself for our audience today. Yeah, so I learned about Jesus as a child through occasional church attendance and then also uh, through Good News Bible Clubs in our neighborhood and then through Bible Camp. And as a child, I placed my childlike faith in Jesus to save me, but I wasn't discipled and therefore I dealt with a lot of doubt. And I do believe that children are capable of having a very deep relationship with Jesus, but I think that we need to help them know what that looks like. And so at 17 years old, I got the assurance of my salvation and um, that has made all the difference in my life. And of course, then I went away to Bible college and my husband and I have been in full-time ministry for 42 years. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And I have another question about your testimony. So not being discipled, what's the difference between just being a Christian and not being discipled for our audience who don't know what that means? Uh, So when you come to faith in Christ, in other words, you recognize that I'm a sinner and I don't deserve to have a relationship with my heavenly father, but Jesus Christ died on the cross to be the, 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 oh, I'm not thinking of the right word. And this is um, part of the the problem with recall with having a brain tumor, but um, just that uh, connection between God, the father um, and myself comes through Jesus Christ. And so that was taught to me as a child. And I believed on Jesus. I knew he was the son of God. I understood that I was a sinner and I came to Christ, placed my trust in him. However, nobody taught me, okay, now what do I do when I sin? 
Well, it's just like any other relationship. When we um, interact with one another and we sin against one another, it puts a wall between us. And so we need to make that right so that we can have fellowship again with that person. And I didn't know that as a child. Nobody really took the time to explain that to me and to explain that um, not only is God my heavenly father, but the Holy Spirit is there to, to help me feel, you know, what makes you, what is that yucky feeling that you have when you sashed your mother or mm-hmm. totally disobeyed your father? Well, that is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And he's also part of the Godhead and he is there. He's the one who comforts us. Um, he convicts us when we sin. He comforts us when we need, when we're hurting. And just to understand those basic principles, and then to realize that God is speaking to me through the Word of God. And as I build a relationship with the Word of God, and really see God through the Word of God, um, that is where then I grow, but then I talk to God through prayer. And it's not, doesn't have to be a set time, but just as if I were walking and talking with somebody that I'm hiking with, um, we don't just talk for 10 minutes and then that's it. And we, you know, my, my partner is with me for the entire hike. Well, our Heavenly Father is with us throughout the day. And so just understanding that I can talk to him about everything, anything and everything. And it made a huge um, impact on my life at 17 when I began to develop a friendship with Jesus Christ and to develop that. I lost my um, mother at 17, but then uh, my father uh, just in my early 30s. But to realize that my, I haven't, I'll never lose my heavenly father. Now my parents mm-hmm. are in heaven, but to have that relationship with him, that's what I'm talking about. So discipling, my understanding of discipling is taking that young person beyond um, that decision to place their faith in Jesus Christ and understanding what does that look like in the day-to-day process. Wow. <laughs> Wonderfully put, Robin. Thank you for, for sharing that. A little bit more about your book now, The, the Mirror of God's Word, a, physical view of a, physical, a biblical view of a physical beauty. And I think yeah. that's so wonderfully put. What led you to write this book? And where did you find some of the inspiration to write this book? So in June of 2018, I had to have surgery to remove a fast-growing brain tumor. Um, I had a 30% chance that I would lose all of the hearing in my right ear, and I did. But there was only a 3% chance that I would um, have facial paralysis. But I woke up with absolutely no control control on the right side of my face. And it hung down in a a real distorted way, so much so that people who did not know that I was having surgery for for a brain tumor who ran into me, literally, they would gasp and say, did you have a stroke? So that that gives you a visual of kind of what it looked like. And when I was strong enough to get up and go to the bathroom at the hospital, it was the first time I looked into the mirror. And when I looked into the mirror, I was so shocked by what I saw. And I said out loud, I feel like I'm a freak. And as soon as I said it, the Holy Spirit convicted me that my thinking was wrong. And literally right then and there, I knew I am going to have to spend 
very little time, as little time as possible in front of a physical mirror and as much time as possible in the mirror of God's word. And so, because my right eye was paralyzed open, the nurses were, hadn't been trained properly to care for it. I had a lot of issues with my eye. But as soon as I could see clearly, I decided I wanted to do a Bible study. I, I need to see how important physical beauty to God. And I just looked up every word for beauty, beautiful, fair, countenance, etc. And if those verses had to do with a person, then I, and once I had gone through the Bible, just, you know, using my computer and looking for those scriptures, then I got out my Wilson's Old Testament word studies and began to define the meanings of the Old Testament words and got out my Vines Expository Dictionary and began to define the Greek meanings of those New Testament words. And to be honest with you, I was delighted with what I was seeing in the Word of God. First of all, there were far less women um, that God noted for their beauty than I had anticipated, and far more women who were noted for other things without any mention of their beauty. But the other thing was the fact that the word beauty, beautiful, fair, didn't always mean what you and I think that it means. And I had, um, as I'm sharing these things with different friends, they're like, Robbie, you need to write a book. And that didn't appeal to me. But um, what did appeal to me was when a friend mentioned a need for Bible studies. So I'm a teacher at heart. And I thought, oh, okay, good. This appeals to me. And that's how the Lord just started uh, putting it all together. That's amazing. And there was a question I was thinking of during your, your question answering there. Being a Christian during this time, did you ever have a thought or a doubt or anything in your mind that made you think this is God's fault? Because I know it, in the world, it's so easy for people to blame God for things like this. What was your, your story with this? So honestly, years prior to having a brain tumor, I did a little study in the book of Psalms. And I just went through the Bible Psalms. And each time the Bible says like, the Lord is my shepherd, God is my rock. He's my defense. He's my fortress, my buckler, my shield on and on. Then I would put that verse on an index card and I'd meditate on that principle throughout the day. I was not even using any Bible study tools, just simply the word of God. And um, A.W. Tozer is credited with saying, your view of God determines your walk in life. And the reason people um, want to blame God or look at God in a negative way is they have the wrong view of God. The only way to get the right view of God is to really look in the Word of God and search for what we see and what we know about God. Now, had this happened to me, before I had done that study, I know my, my personality, my tendency is I would immediately just thought, God's mad at me. God's punishing me. What have I done? You know, I, I'm sure I deserve this. So what do I need, need to do to make it right? Instead of thinking, I have a loving Heavenly Father. He has a purpose beyond my imagination for what he's allowed in this. Um, he can work. He can show himself powerful. 
helpful. And my job is simply to humble myself before him and to allow the spirit of God to use the trial to bring glory to God. It's not about my glory. Um, it's about his glory and who needs Christ in this moment. So honestly, that, um, that, that I, could, I could so see it, how the Lord had used something done years before to prepare me to respond properly to this trial. Yeah. It's amazing that he did prepare you before. So you didn't have those questions and those doubts because so many people do, even yeah. as believers. Yeah. This is something that I see often actually. So thank you. Okay. Is there anything else in your personal journey that led you to write this book? So um, yes. Uh, prior to, again, so after I did the study in the Psalms, the Lord opened opportunity for me to get some biblical counseling um, training. And actually, I feel like that question is such an important question because I think there's a tendency when things are going okay, you know, we don't run to the scriptures like we do when we're hurting. Um, we just, and, and, we, and we don't really have a tendency to apply principles like we do when we're hurting, when we're desperate and we need God. But um, because of being in ministry and because of the 21st century problems, I really felt like I wanted to get some biblical counseling training. And the most important thing we learned in biblical counseling is that eventually we will all behave according to what we believe and according to what we desire. Well, I had already started that journey of wanting to believe accurately about God and looking at his attributes and his um, character, character qualities and traits, which we can also see them in the gospels very clearly. But um, then the other factor is that what I desire is going to affect my behavior. So my desire during this trial was that I find out just how important is this? I mean, I, I grew up, I share some of the stories in my book. I was just one of those kids that got picked on. And of course, I grew up long, long ago when, you know, bullying wasn't addressed like it is now mm -hmm. in our schools and in our churches. And so, you know, I, I was a victim of being bullied without it being labeled as that, but picked on because of my appearance. So um, I, I grew up wanting to be like my sister, who was far more attractive and athletic and all of these things, instead of just desiring to be what God wants me to be, which is to conform me to the image of Jesus Christ. And, you know, he is the one who created me exactly what his desires were when he created me. And of course, all of these things I really delve into in my book. But that training I felt was so important that I have included a chapter on having the right kind of belief and having the right kind of belief about how God created us. But then also I have a chapter on our desires and just, just, it was very convicting to me. It's actually my favorite chapter is that I would desire Christ-like qualities more than I would desire some other woman's um, facial uh, features or some other woman's figure or some other woman's talents and abilities. But, you know, that our desires should be, Father, 
form the image of Jesus Christ in me. That is what brings glory to you. That, that is why you saved me. That is why I'm here. Wow. I think this is something that we all should pray more is, God, I desire to be more like you, not like these other people that I'm comparing myself with constantly. Yes. Yes. I also see here that at the end of each chapter, you have some questions. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yes. Um, So I said that writing a book didn't appeal to me, but writing Mm -hmm. a Bible study did. It's because I firmly believe that you only get out of something what you put into it. So uh, when I read a book, Now I'm confessing my character flaw, but often there is that temptation just to skip over familiar scriptures. Mm -hmm. And the reality is the power is not in the author's words. The power is in God's words. And so I thought, well, if I make this a Bible study where I give you a little bit in each on each day, uh, explanation and there are scriptures there and there's and there's um, definitions and various things. But then each day, um, I'm going to ask you questions that will cause you to open your Bible and read the Word of God, and you will discover the truths just as I discovered them as I was studying. And so that that is the purpose for doing that is to force to force the reader or to allow, let's say that, to allow the reader to have that excitement of, Mm -hmm. as God illuminates truth from the word of God, there's nothing more exciting. And honestly, for building that relationship between the Heavenly Father and ourselves, uh, there's nothing more powerful than when the word of God just jumps off the page and you're able to say, wow, God, I see it and I want it. And of course, as this is happening, then our thinking is being transformed. Of course, the battlefield is our minds. And as our thinking is transformed, our emotions are transformed, and we're able to see, see, look at our physical appearance in an entirely different light than we did before actually delving into the Word of God and seeing just how really unimportant it is to God. I think it's a great habit to build as well, to continue to to take those verses and to seek deeper, even after reading a book, it's a great habit to have yes. instead of, yes. yeah, that temptation is real of skipping over that verse. I've heard that verse a million times. I know what it says. Yeah. But to yeah. see it in a different application Yeah, because the yeah. word of God is, you know, it is, is capable of the same verse may speak to your heart differently than it speaks to my heart. And so, yes, it, I think I agree with you. I see here the way that you formatted this book is that you have weekly titles. And some of those titles that you have are Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, Beauty Comes with a Warning Label, and Beauty Truly is in the Eye of the Beholder, just to name a few of those. What else can you tell us about these chapters? So week one is Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, and uh, it gives us a, a background or history of the use of mirrors in the Bible. And you know, there's part of me that felt like it starts out a little bit slow. I was kind of hoping that the um, preface pulls the reader in so that they will stick with it through chapter one. But one of the ways that a mirror was used in the word of God is um, compared to the law of God to show us our need of relationship with 
our Heavenly Father so that the Holy Spirit can confirm within our hearts that, yes, this word is true and this is what we need to do. And so I did take week one to just kind of use it as an introductory and, and, and introduce our readers to salvation through Jesus Christ and even um, invite them into a relationship with our Heavenly Father and then looking at what becomes available to us when we place our faith in, in God. So I did that because a lot of people um, had been expressing to me, they know so-and-so who's been disfigured through some type of uh, problem. Matter of fact, one gal, one in my book, First Soldier. And um, the, the many women who go through uh, cancer and chemotherapy who are uh, disfigured. A friend of mine actually wrote me a Bible study. I used a little bit of it in the epilogue who had gone through breast cancer. And so not all of these, you know, the person who looks at my book may be a believer, but I wanted them to know that if they pass this book to somebody who has been disfigured and they're going through the pain of of, of every day looking into the mirror and seeing what's happened to them, that they would be able to be introduced into a relationship with God the Father. And so that's chapter one. And then uh, Beauty Comes with a Warning Label comes a little bit late, later because we do want to, we're, we're building upon each chapter, you're building one upon the other. But there are women in the Bible who um, faced great difficulties because of their beauty. And so this chapter is devoted to those women and what we can learn from them. But before we really delve into each individual woman, um, I have uh, used a story from the word of God to help us see the necessity of building a relationship with the young women in our lives who we want to warn. If there's no relationship, then they're not going to listen to us. So it's important to see a story where a father built a relationship with his daughter so strongly that that daughter still listened to her father and heeded his warnings, even when she was in a place of prominence. And so I just wanted our readers to see that necessity, whether we're a Sunday school teacher, whether you're a lady leading a Bible study class, whether you're a mother with your own young girls, without that relationship, they're not going to listen to us. And so we can be that link between saying, hey, this is what the word of God says. Look what happened to so-and-so in the word of God. Let me show you how we can uh, apply what we need to do to be careful that doesn't happen to you. And then uh, week six is beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. Well, you and I, we see beauty differently. We have different opinions about what is beautiful and what isn't mm -hmm. beautiful. People come out here and say, oh, your Rocky Mountains are ugly. Why would you even <laughs> want to climb them? Uh, <laughs> but I find I find spectacular beauty up there and the views and stuff, but, you know, everybody has their opinion. I have friends that love the ocean. And to me, it's like, it's kind of scary, uh, mm -hmm. but, you know, everybody's different. Um, we were talking before the show about, you know, the difference between you love the warm weather, I love the cold, but God also has an opinion about what he thinks is beautiful. And yeah. so during week six, we really take a look at those things that God considers to be beautiful. And all of them are, are things that God would happily bestow upon us. But it's just coming to the realization, wait a minute, this is 
what God says is beautiful. Do I desire it? And if I desire it, then what does he say about um, bestowing this upon me? Hmm. That sounds like a really interesting chapter. Like, what does God think is beautiful? Because, you know, he created everything. Yeah, I love it. When you think about it, it's like, whoa, you're truly right. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, it was quite the eye-opener. Of course, as I was putting all those Hmm. verses into documents and and into a document and then looking the words up, it's like, wow, this is what God considers to be beautiful. And and although it didn't have to necessarily do with a, a particular person as far as the application that I was trying to draw, but I knew it's like, oh, I have to include this and what a way to kind of close out, close out my book. So mm-hmm. yes. Is there anything else that you can tell us about your book that we didn't talk about today? Yeah, so I've had several people ask me if it's appropriate for young men. Well, my book is is a is it's a beautiful cover, um, and there's no way any boy's going to want to pick up that book. However, I did meditate on that, and I did think through every chapter, and all of the biblical truths are cross gender, and girls are not the only ones who struggle with their appearances. Young men also struggle with it. So I feel that the ideal situation would be if a family was using my book as um, family devotions. Um, if a youth leader was weren't handing out my book, that the boys were holding my book. It's it's very feminine looking, but you could still be teaching these truths to young men and young women. Now, all of the examples in my book are women. However, I thought how challenging it would be to, prom- to pose this to young men and say, tell me a man in the Bible who is an illustration of this truth. And it would really cause them to have to think and apply what they know about the word of God to come up with male illustrations that um, would fit the bill. So that probably is just one of the questions that I didn't even think of when I wrote the book. But afterwards, I've had multiple people ask me that. If you could leave our audience today with one truth or one phrase, what would that be today? It would be Ephesians 3.20. And that is now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I do believe that God can do anything. I do believe he can do exceeding abundantly above that we ask or think. And that is why I asked to be anointed with oil prior to my surgery, asking God to spare me from the many complications. Now, in my situation, he chose not to do that. But I have had some improvements. The upper third part of my face is still permanently paralyzed, and it causes my right eyelid to droop. I can't raise my eyebrow. So I can't uh, wear any eye makeup on that eye. And then my um, where my face hung down, just like a stroke victim will um, have kind of have their hand all pulled up. My atrophy has caused this uh, ball of muscle right here. So my smile is forever changed. And I have to be very careful eating and drinking slowly so I don't dribble out my mouth. We went out to eat. My husband said, oh, you're doing so good keeping food in your mouth. <laughs> you know, it's like that, not what every woman wants to hear, but it's a reality of what has happened. And I still have difficulty forming some of my words um, of course, I'm deaf in my right ear, and 
I have some problems still with my right eye. So would it have brought God glory had he done exceeding abundantly above all we could ask and spared me from the complications of this surgery? Well, of course it would have. However, God chose to do something different. That verse in context is that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So what he has done in my heart is of greater value than had he spared me from the complications because he has transformed my thinking about my physical appearance to the point that I rarely think about my physical appearance. And I did notice that there are a lot of books out there on inner beauty, but I only know of two that address this matter of physical beauty and I've not picked them up nor read them. But this is something that, you know, all women think about and not just women, but we think about our appearance. And so I believe that by using the word of God to transform my thinking, that it can bring God greater glory by using it, hopefully, to help somebody else um, than it would have been had he just healed me. So, yes, that verse, I, I have applied it over and over in many different situations. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, but according to the power that worketh in us, it's that Holy Spirit working in our hearts and lives that changes us and transforms us and that reveals the very power of God, even greater than my beautiful mountains out here in Colorado. I think that has to be my favorite answer so far, because this happens so much when people don't experience the prayer, the prayer's not answered, or they're, they don't see what they were expecting for, but you still believe, you still experience something much greater than if he would have yes. spared you. Just like you said, I think so many people are asking to be in that place, you know, who are searching to find satisfaction in who Jesus says that they are rather than who they physically are in yeah. that situation. So Robin, thank you so much for your time today. I'm extremely Welcome. blessed by your time. I'm excited thank for my you. wife to hear this story from you today. Oh, and good. just to end this podcast, where can we find you on social media? Maybe where we can find your book as well. So I have a public Facebook page that I have titled The Mirror of God's Word. And on that page, I post twice a week. I post a word for the week on Sundays. And this is something about God, something for which we can praise Him. And it's just been a lot of fun. So the study that I did in the Psalms many years ago, I've now expanded it. I'm just coming to the end of the Old Testament. And I know I haven't done everything, but just looking at who God is and how we can praise him. And because I do believe that our view of God determines our walk in life. And so that is on my Mirror of God's Word Facebook page. And then on Thursdays, I post a glimpse into the mirror. And this is a more honest look at ourselves and what we're thinking and comparing it with scripture. And so I'm actually uh, doing a study right now, a video series, just five-minute lessons on our need for forgiveness and our need to forgive. And so I'm coming to the conclusion of that. And so that is my uh, public Facebook page. And of course, you can find me privately at Robin Parton. Occasionally, I'll share the things over to my page, but you don't have to friend me or anything to go to the Mirror of God's Word. And then... Um, my book is on Amazon, both in ebook form 
and for back. But of course, it's hard to do a Bible study in an ebook form. But I'm glad we did it because I felt like teachers, Sunday school teachers, uh, youth leaders, whatever, if they had the opportunity to listen to it and at a discounted price, a much discounted price, I think $6, um, then they could decide, is this something we really want to purchase and actually work through as a ladies Bible study or whatever. But if you are going to purchase multiple copies, then I do want to put a plug out there for my publisher and Faithful Life Publishers down in uh, Florida, uh, where it's warm, um, they have uh, discounts once you purchase six copies. So you wouldn't be able to get that on Amazon, but in and then you go to a dozen copies and it's a, it's a Christian bookstore discount, which is 40% off. And many people who are doing it as a study in a group would, would want a dozen copies. So that's Faithful Life Publishers. Amazing. Robin, again, thank you so much for your time today. Can I have you end our time together with a prayer? Yes. Thank you. Father, um, you know our hearts, Lord. You know that it's Dallas's desire to uh, to provide a podcast that would introduce people to products that would enhance their lives and draw them closer to you. Now, Father, this um, trial in my life, uh, you've used it in so many ways, but mostly you've used it in my own heart to bring me to a place of complete trust and contentment in you. And Lord, that's my desire, is that others who have grown up kind of feeling like, why aren't they as pretty as somebody else, that they would see you in a different light and see themselves in a different light and see themselves as you see them. And so, Lord, we just ask that you'd use, use the words that were spoken here today and that you'll continue to use my book to be a help to those who choose to uh, take the time to do the study. We love you, Lord, and we thank you that you love us with a love that we can't even imagine. And that all your dealings in our lives are good, even though we may not be able to see it at the time. And Father, I just pray that you would help help the listeners to be able to see you in such a light through your word. Thank you now, Lord. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.